Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Who's Got Next podcast. Riley Shepard, Bryce Wyatt. In this, what today? What's today? The 10th? August 10th, 2011? 10th, 11th, something like that. Oh, oof. It's honestly does does not feel like I I was just thinking about this the other day. It does not feel like we're in August. It's crazy. It also, because... it also just might be because we're in Florida and it's still a hundred degrees outside every day. But no, August is the worst month of the year. That's just that's just facts. But no, it feels like honestly, ever since spring break, it's like I feel like spring break was two weeks ago, but turns out like that was like five months ago so it's kind of crazy everything kind of changed for us after that essentially because of the coronavirus right and i mean that's that's really when i mean we were on spring break when they when they canceled classes for the rest of the semester and like you said sometimes it does it does feel like it was forever ago and then other times it feels like it was two weeks ago exactly i mean i you've been you've been in orlando this whole time but i i'm back up saturday and and i I'm, can't can't I'm imagine being so, into that so one, i'll be honest <laughs> i i know that that is that is how 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 it is i mean and i mean it doesn't it doesn't even feel like i our last episode was tuesday of last week and so we we basically just we played a played a monday night game and then had another game sunday essentially but speaking speaking of football i i forgot to bring this up last week but do you do you watch last chance you bryce so i watched the first i guess two seasons right mm-hmm. uh with uh east mississippi and then it went to uh independence right i guess sorry that the, didn't they do two seasons each the, so that would be yeah. four seasons and then yeah. yeah so so i watched those four seasons um and i really liked it personally i really liked east mississippi with buddy dyer like i thought buddy was a obviously i think he's a pretty controversial character but i think he's (laughs) hilarious and i kind of like his style of coaching i did not like the guy at independence very much um and he's like an actual criminal i don't know if you knew that but um, I did not know that actually. <laughs> like, like almost immediately after Last Chance You happened, he got like arrested. Oh, I did. Jail. I did hear that story actually. Oh. I, I do remember that. I do. <laughs> I did hear a new season came out though. I just it, haven't had the chance to watch it. it. Did I, I, I haven't heard super great things about it. What do you think? I thought I outside of outside of uh, East Miss, East Mississippi. I thought this was the best season. Really and. This is a this is the last season of of football. Next year they'll start basketball. basketball. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. That's I'm so excited. Yeah. But this season, okay, I'm not gonna I'm gonna try not to spoil too much of it. But obviously the whole the whole uh, the whole show revolves around how it's at a junior college. For sure. And these players in season five. It really shows what junior college life is about because this this season is in Oakland, California, which is strange. Typically, they're in because I did watch like the first five ten minutes of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically, they're in like a no name, like right. population two hundred town, like in the middle of the country. But I, I think it's interesting that 
it kind of adds a whole different dynamic to the show that it's in Oakland. I feel it, like. it does because because these this college it's it's Laney College in Oakland, California. These players are they don't get the like free meals, free housing, which these players typically get at these you know typically bigger junior college like junior college football dynasty for sure colleges to be independent even though even though this college did just win the national championship some of these players are working part-time jobs you know my favorite character his his name is dior and this is probably the best character the the, my favorite character out of every season so far favorite player even it is it is obviously an actual person so favorite player yeah not a real character right right (laughs) sorry but kind of funny dior he's 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 working part-time at wingstop after practices he's living in his car so he's he's been 100 percent my favorite player of every season and he did he did end up getting a uh scholarship and he is he he's a fantastic player and he ended up having to play different positions throughout the season it was it was just great to watch and, that's awesome yeah, yeah i'm gonna have to give it a shot honestly and i'm really excited for the basketball i think that's gonna have a whole new like a whole different dynamic because you also have like hey yeah you basketball i just feel like there's so much more to like like lower level basketball you right know? right and yeah and obviously obviously i have a ton of friends that play junior college basketball and it's just it's just going to be really interesting to see there. Have they kind of the location of where that's going to be? Not yet, but if if it's anywhere if it's anywhere in Florida, I think that would be really really interesting. You know what I want to see is like an inside look at IMG Academy. Like I think that would be cool because a lot of you know IMG in uh, Naples, Florida. I think, mm-hmm. um, like pretty much you go there and you. You go there to, to be an athlete. You don't go there pretty much for school. You don't go there for anything else. You go there to be an athlete. So I think it'd be really cool to, I guess that is high school, but um, essentially they treat them as like full ride college athletes. Um, I, I think that's a pretty cool concept. So I'd love to see like an inside look at that. The, the, uh, the facility in itself is just incredible. If you've yeah. ever been there, it is it is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's basically it basically looks like a college campus. Uh, the WNBA is there right now, right, for, <laughs> right um, for their bubble. <laughs> and that I mean, that, yeah, it is. It is like you said. You are going there to get a college college opportunity afterwards at a big school, even like. especially especially football. I mean, the probably the third string the third string quarterback is getting. Scholarship somewhere, yeah, somewhere just because they play at IMG, and it is, it is the whole AAU just it is, it is big business, you know. AAU basketball is like crazy because my I never personally played AAU basketball, but my brother played, I did, yeah. And let me tell you, it's like, I mean, yeah, you know, it's. They're they're out there recruiting kids who are like in eighth grade AAU basketball. A- these absolutely, days. and it just that to me that is crazy. And it's it's 
it's changed so much ever since. I mean, I stopped playing two, two, three years ago, and it it's changed so much just in that span. It wasn't. It was never. It was never as as to the extent that it is now. Oh yeah, no. And this, I mean, like you said, they're recruiting eighth grade. Eighth grade players are getting Division One scholarships, not technically because nobody can actually get a actual scholarship until their junior year. But, but yeah, but they're they're essentially being yeah. like, hey. When you come of age, you you can come to the university, right? right. And, <laughs> and it is it is it is just crazy. I don't I don't know if you ever saw the the Netflix movie Amateur, but that movie really that movie really showed how it actually is. I didn't actually. It, ten out of ten. It also, I should watch that. Also, if you if you if you've never watched that movie, anyone else absolutely should should watch it, but. I mean basketball basketball is is fully fully underway. NBA is five most teams have are have already played five or six games out of the eight game seeding schedule. Regular season's almost over, time for playoffs. My favorite both of our both of our favorite times of the year, NBA playoff. NBA playoff time. I mean five so five games. TJ Warren, I mean, just the first thing that popped in my head. TJ Warren has been on a tear during the the five games the Pacers have played. And my biggest takeaway from that really, really just shows, really just shows the the Phoenix Suns general management for giving away TJ Warren for basically a second round it was basically a second round pick and cash let me just let me just read what tj warren has done during these during these five playing games for the pacers 53 points 34 32 16 and 39 wow and the Pacers, the Pacers have been four and one in those games. With, yeah, they've been pretty hot recently. With wins against Phoenix, or excuse me, Philadelphia, L.A., Orlando, and Washington. Yeah, I was about to say no one's beat Phoenix. <laughs> right. I mean, T.J. T.J. Warren has 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 really just amplified. The Indiana Pacers are going to be dangerous come yeah, playoff time. I, I agree. What what spot are they in? Five, six? Four or five, I think. Four, four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're five five right now, tied with tied with the Heat four. So they're they're more Here's than likely the gonna that play fourth, the Heat. That fourth seed is gonna be very interesting to watch because you have the Heat. Who are currently like in it then you have the pacers who are right behind them and then i think there's another team who's only like half a game back the six the sixers are one game back yes but they just lost the other night and the sixers you know my opinion on them trash so like i'm not too worried about them but the heat need to be careful that's what i'm gonna say like if they want to keep that four seed although I, I don't really necessarily think four to five is like the end of the world, but you know, yeah that that's gonna be that's more than likely unless unless Philly can climb, 
that's more than likely going to be the first round matchup is Miami against the Pacers. Yeah. And that's going to be a fun series. I love both of those teams. And that could easily go to a seven-game series. You saw the Heat. Um, First of all, Kendrick Nunn kind of just decided, hey, I'm going to leave the bubble. I don't know why. No reasoning. I don't think. I don't think it was family or anything like that. Um, He just left the bubble, which – Although he hasn't been producing for the Heat like he had in the regular season, um, he's kind of been slacking recently, to be honest. But that's kind of still a big loss off their bench. Like, I feel like that and then also uh, Dirk uh, Dirk, uh, got hurt. Oh, Goran Dragic? Yeah, sorry, Dragic. (laughs) All these uh, Russian players really confuse me now. Um, (laughs) He got hurt. and I think it's a just a sprain, but I don't I don't know if we'll be back for week one like that first series. Um, and then also Jimmy Butler's hurt right now, so like the Heat are pretty banged up, and their starting point guard's Tyler Hero, which almost had a triple double the other night. But if that I feel like if they can't get uh, Jimmy Butler back, and if they can't get Dragic back, they might be in some type of trouble. Right, and Kendrick Nunn is is expected to be back for for the playoffs, well, thankfully. Good. And why, why did he leave? It it just says personal reasons. Oh, he no he he did he did step he did step away for personal reasons. No, no real, no real reasoning behind it. But he is. It does say that he is expected to be back for the playoffs. Same with same with Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler. So that as long as as long as they're the Heat are at full strength for that first round matchup, I I would take them in a seven game series. But the Pacers the Pacers have have a chance to knock them off, and the Heat are a lot of a lot of analysts favorites to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Milwaukee. I know I've noticed that, and I and, you know and I. I like the Heat. I think the Heat's team is very good. They're very young. I just don't know if they could pull off a seven-game series. Knowing that the Heat have a lot of weapons, I mean, they have they have seven seven players in double figures, and and if you really look at this roster, it's very and, deep. Andre Iguodala is such an underrated pickup for them. Not only not only does he bring that veteran presence, but in the locker room. But I mean, he's actually producing at however old he is thirty six. I think he is. I mean, this is his fifteenth year in the league. Just no, and this 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 roster is they have they have the depth to make a deep playoff run. Who really is do. who is your you have you have Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who do you have them matching up against? <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, I I personally I really like Celtics. I'll be completely honest with you. I I think that this year that the Celtics could could really kind of do something, and then also the Raptors too. Like I feel like 
I don't know, man. That East is pretty – honestly, two through five, even with the Pacers. But it's pretty competitive there. It is. The, um, the East – uh, the East is it is is not as 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 set in stone as the West is. I, everyone no, has yeah, the West. Clippers, Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, but the East is the East is like you said, one through five. Anybody could could make it through. I don't think there's that, any. Yeah, I, I I personally now that I really look at it, I would really like to see the Raptors in that spot. I think that um, I think that would be a really cool situation to have the Raptors back without Kawhi in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think they could do it too. I don't think it would just be like a cool thing. I think that the Raptors are just about probably one of the best teams in the NBA, um, and they're essentially where the Clippers are right now. They're four and a half games back from the first seed, except they have a better record than the Clippers. And it's a team full of role players to a guy who now is with the Clippers, which is kind of crazy. I, um, I mean, the, and Pat, well, and I, no, I say role players, but Pascal Siakam's been going off. Fred Van Vliet's been really making a name for himself. Um, it's just a bunch of these guys who I think they're the they're more than anything like determined to get back, you know. Oh. And you can you can tell during during their games, especially in the bubble, and and even during during the before the hiatus, you can tell the Raptors have a huge chip on their shoulders, and for good reason. Everyone was was writing them off Doubting before them, the start yeah. of the season. I all I won't say that I wasn't either. I personally I had the, me too. Yeah, I had <laughs> them making the playoffs, but as a low seed, as a six or seven seed. Me too. And I I, I didn't so, think they had the had the roster to make a deep playoff run, but they have. I think they're here to stay. That back and, the backcourt of Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet is so underrated. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Lowry too. I forgot about him. Yeah, they just have like a bunch of players who are really good, and even not necessarily, maybe not like I said before, previous in a previous episode, but. I don't know if these players are going to be the type who can one person lead a team to an NBA finals necessarily, but all together, they play so well together. They're very cohesive. They've found a rhythm. They know each other's roles and they kind of stick to those roles. I think that if the Raptors can kind of continue what they've been doing, especially here in the bubble, they can do some really special things in the Eastern conference. Um, and it looks like they're going to be paired up with either the Nets or the Magic. Looks like probably the Nets because the Magic are going to stay at the eighth seed. Um, so honestly, that shouldn't be a that shouldn't be an issue for them. And then they would most likely have to play the Heat or the Pacers or the Seventy Sixers and the Celtics. So. There's a there's a lot to think about there, but like the Raptors have that second seed, like locked. I, I could I would take, I would take the Raptors against any team in a seven game series. In all yeah. honesty, I think they could upset anybody, especially and not only not only in the East but in the West as well. I could, I w- could take them against 
the Lakers or Clippers, I would not be surprised at all if they they could pull off that upset. No, I agree. And like I said, like like I said, the Clippers have a worse record than them. They're four and a half games back from the Lakers. And then the Nuggets are on their tail, only a game back from the second spot. But those the Raptors have that second spot locked in the East. And like I said, I think the East is super competitive. You have the Celtics, who I also think could make a deep run in the playoffs. You have the Heat, who I think could make a deep run in the playoffs. And you even have the Pacers, who are pretty competitive as well. Like I think you have a good four or five teams in the East that could all, to be honest, win the NBA Finals, like period. I, and, and we were just talking about before the show how we feel as though the Lakers are looking a little bit vulnerable right now um, and not necessarily playing to their best ability. Uh, a lot of that could have to do with the fact that they've had that one seed locked up for who knows how long, and they just haven't been playing very well. But also part of me says that they're putting their stars on the court, they're playing the same amount of minutes they would probably in a regular game and they're still not winning and they're getting blown out by certain teams. And to me, that's just a little bit scary. If I was a Lakers fan um, to, to kind of see that and, and not see very much cohesiveness and, and good play uh, between the team. I don't know your thoughts on that. And, and that is, that is the thing is that, the Lakers have the Lakers have had that one seed locked up for for a while, and same with the Bucks. The Bucks just locked up the one seed in the East. So I do think a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with that that they know they that they have that one seed locked up. And I mean LeBron. LeBron did have a quote last night saying that he hasn't that he hasn't played in front of or without without fans excuse me without fans in a long time which which I don't think that has anything to do with it I think a lot of it just has to do with the Lakers trying to get back into a groove and trying to implement these players that they did pick up during the postponement of the NBA the Deion Waiters the J.R. Smiths and trying to find their role without having their typical starting guards Rajon Rondo and Avery, Avery Bradley. So they know, so they may very well just be trying to find new ways to, to keep them or have, see what ways they can be involved in this rotation with or without Rajon Rondo or Avery Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, and that, and those are, although they're not, obviously huge playmakers on that team and I don't think it's going to make or break them but like I said before it's like those are two holes that they kind of have to fill you know um and personally I just don't think they're the team that like was before the bubble like I really don't think they're the same team that was 49 and 14 before they suspended the league like I really don't I don't see whether or not they're just don't care about the games which if anyone knows LeBron and his personality, he's not the type to just like not play well because these games don't matter. Am I right? Like, I just feel like he's not 
going to do that. Like he's going to play to his best ability as many games as he can. He's a big advocate against resting and, and getting, you know, sitting out for what is it uh, like court management, like all that stuff. He doesn't like yeah. that. So like, I feel like they're just not that team. I personally don't, I haven't seen anything from them in the bubble that makes me think that they're going to win the NBA finals or even get to the NBA finals. Um, I mean, when Anthony Davis goes off, he goes off and they win. But when he plays bad, which sometimes when he plays bad, he plays really bad. They're not going to win. So like in, in order for, honestly, it's like a two man show there in LA, you have LeBron and you have AD. And if one of them are off one night, they lose. And that's just kind of how it is. I don't think they have as much depth as maybe they once did because of injuries. And then also, I don't think they have as many as much depth as people think just in general. Um, yeah. And, and Anthony Davis, ha- like you said, he has been struggling during this these five but he's games. Had, he's-, he's had a few games, though, that he went off the other night. Didn't he score like 25 points? Yeah. Like he, he's, he did he's had off. he's had one. He's had one 34-point game. 34, one, yeah. One 42-point game. And the rest of them, the other four are 14, 9, 17, and 8. And, and those are not Anthony Davis-type numbers, especially this season, which his role for the Lakers has been, has been a little bit different than in prior years for the Pelicans. You know, he, yeah, we were just saying how he's just not your typical big man in LA. He, he is... He's arguably arguably the de- defensive player of the year, which yeah. that that aspect of his game has not changed. has not changed whatsoever. Which he's that's sti- good. He's still he's still an elite rim protector, elite defender, but he has transitioned into more of a stretch four. He's shooting a lot more threes with with LeBron, obviously as his primary playmaker, which has nothing like his. His ability to shoot the three ball has always been underrated, but this year he's taken it to another level. So that that very well may have a lot to do with it, where he's he's shooting nearly four threes a game. Yeah. And that this is a career high. And he is shooting at a relatively high percentage for a big man. So but, listen to well, listen to this though. So these are the the stats, the Lakers are last in points per 100 possessions, 97.9, the only team lower than 100. Field goal percentage, 41.1, three-point shooting, 25.4, and they're 21st in foul shooting, 70.1. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are scoring substantially less than they did before the restart. James is shooting 45.2 from the field and 28.6 on three-pointers. Anthony Davis is 39.1% from the field and 30.4 on threes. They cannot play like that if they're going to compete to win an NBA Finals. No way. Mm -hmm. No, and and these games, and like you said, they they are struggling, and and the Bucks. I mean, for example, the Bucks are as well. And and this may this very well just may have to do with, like I like we've said, they have the one seed locked up. But 
like no they do they absolutely need to figure out whatever that is before the first round of the playoffs yeah because whoever they match up with and that eight seed that eight seed whoever that is is going to be a they're not going to be they're not going to be bums they're going to they're going to compete in that first round of the playoffs it seems like it right and the, let, those let's teams talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, those teams, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Suns. Now, they are, they are fighting. They're hot during these past five games. The Grizzlies. Okay, right now, right now in the West, the eight seed is still the Memphis Grizzlies at thirty-three only, and thirty-eight. Only half a game above the Trailblazers, though, right now. Who, who the Trailblazers are now healthy, and they are that team. If they were healthy throughout the season with Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins in the rotation, they would have been a top five seed in the West. Yes, the yeah, backcourt sure. of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, who people seem to forget, made the Western Western Conference Finals last year. That team is loaded. Gary Trent Jr. is a very underrated guard for them. The Spurs are now a game back from the eight seed, who we all know, Greg Greg Popovich, the great coach that he is, has figured out a way to make that team competitive. The Suns, who are now a game and a half back, who are 5-0 in the bubble, Whoever they play, those four teams are are all very, very good teams and have very good guard play. So No, I agree. I think that I, I think it would they will put up a fight for sure. And I mean if you saw the other day, the didn't the didn't the Suns beat the Lakers pretty handedly? Am I thinking of someone else? Um I maybe they beat the Bucks. Maybe that's what it was. But regardless, like first of all, the Suns are going off, and Devin Booker he just needs to. I don't know if you saw, but Draymond Green actually put out a uh, statement. I think he was on NBA inside the NBA and was just saying that they need to get Devin Booker out of Phoenix. Like all this stuff, like give him an opportunity to win a championship because he's a beast, which is true. And uh, the NBA saw that as tampering. So that was hilarious. <laughs> I forgot exactly the amount. $50,000. Yeah, $50,000 for tampering <laughs> with Devin Booker and the Suns. And that, that's a very interesting concept. How uh, I, I personally totally agree because I think that, um, I, I, I think that Devin Booker desperately needs to get out of Phoenix um, because there's really nothing there for him as well as they're playing right now. There's not much else he can do. And, and he's essentially carrying that team. Um, anytime he's open, he's going to shoot it. And 99% of the time recently, he's been making those shots from three. And I don't know. I think he's a great player, super underrated. Um, it's just, it kind of sucks that he's with a team that 
number one, the organization sucks, general manager all the way up to the president. Like they can't, they don't know how to draft well. They, they just don't. They've kind of done poorly on everything that could make them a really competitive team, to be honest. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I personally agree with that. I think the Suns have been playing great recently, but I don't think they're going to get into the playoffs. Uh, I think it's probably going to be the Trailblazers because they've also been playing super, super well. And the Grizzlies have kind of been slacking a little recently. So I don't know. I really, I really would like to see the Trailblazers. I would not, I, I don't know why. I just don't like the, don't like the Grizzlies that much. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, Devin Booker and that, that conversation that Draymond Green had was hilarious. They, they asked him, are you tampering right now? And Draymond, yeah, he, he's just, he was just Draymond in that conversation. Yeah. He straight he, up tampered. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he knew that $50,000 fine was coming, but. Besides the point, Devin Booker, speaking Devin Booker, he, like you mentioned, he has been underrated his entire career. For the past five seasons, he has played for Phoenix, obviously, and this year was the first year that he ever made an all-star game, as crazy as that sounds. And he arguably could be a – I think he could easily have one more – all-star appearance on his resume. But Phoenix Phoenix has been awful since he joined that team. They've had they did draft DeAndre Eight in the year before, obviously, with the number one pick, but they they have not gone anywhere. This has been the most competitive they've been in his tenure there. And he he needs to he needs to find another another way to 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 amplify his game because he is he is an exceptional player I one agree. of the most underrated one of the most underrated shooting guards in the league right now and he he needs to go into a go to a big market because he is never going to get the recognition that he that he deserves and the that he deserves in Phoenix. No way. Yeah. He can't yeah, he just can't do it honestly. It's it's pretty sad because like I said I really like I really like Devin Booker. I liked him in college when he was at Kentucky and I liked him a lot. I've all I've always kind of liked him in in the NBA with Phoenix and it's kind of just a shame that you know he's always been on a crap team recently. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because I think he's probably up for some type he's of... A, he's like, up for a lot of money. Yeah, either that or they could trade him. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely think... I, de- I definitely think that that could be an option and I think he'd honestly prefer to be out of Phoenix. If I were him, I'd want to get out as soon as... As where as where would, where would you want to be if you were Devin Booker? What would be the ideal team for you? You know, I think it would be super cool. I think I think the Heat would be good. Um, I, I would love to see him in Miami because not only do they already have like the Kentucky God Squad down in Miami, it would just add to it, and yep. then 
I, I just think they're a very young, up-and-coming team, and he can kind of show off his talents there, and they could really do something. Um, I'm trying to think where else I'd like to see him. He did. He did. I I completely forgot, but he did just sign. Well, not just, but in in 2018, offseason of 2018, he did sign a five-year extension. But, I mean, like you said, they – they could easily they, trade. They could him, easily yeah. trade him. That is, and and I do I do agree that the Heat the Heat would be a good location for him. The backcourt is a little deep, but with with Kendrick Nunn, uh, Goran Dragic, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, but Goran Dragic is getting up there in age, and and I mean. Jimmy Kendrick Butler is as well. Kendrick, I, I don't know. I, I I do think the Heat are going to be competitive for like years to come. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I think that that would be a pretty cool place to see him personally. I, I don't know. And I I was also I mean the the Jazz would also be really interesting for me to see him to see him there. And they they obviously have Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt there. But that would be a that would be a him and him him and Devin Booker together would be would be great to watch. Same with I mean they also have Rudy Gobert. That that team, if adding Devin Booker would be competitive, even more competitive than they are now. Oh yeah. Immediately. And and look, I mean I I I would also even like seeing him I, I hate to I hate to say this because this would this would just make make them overpowered. But including him in a trade with the Bucks with Chris Middleton, depending on how Chris Middleton does in these playoffs, ooh, the Bucks would be good. But here's my thing with the Bucks: is I really don't think Giannis is going to be with the Bucks for that much longer. Really, I I don't know. I just I don't think so. I, I I've heard some rumors that uh, that he he didn't. I mean, I I know isn't this his year? He'd be a free agent. He is. He is up for a contract this year, if I'm not mistaken. And I heard some things about him maybe going to Miami potentially, because I heard that Miami really wants to try to get like a big star there down in South Beach. Um, and I don't know. I feel like Milwaukee for Giannis hasn't necessarily put him in the best situation to win an NBA championship either. And that's a whole different conversation. But they haven't really done a whole lot. And I guess it's only been a few years. But Or I guess he, he's been with them actually for a while now. But I don't know. They're small market. I think if he could get into a larger market team, um, first of all, he'd make more money. And then also I think he'd definitely be in a better situation to win a championship and him on that heat team. I think that would be like almost unstoppable. Oh, and, and he is, he is an unrestricted free agent after, after the 2021 season. So he is going to be due up for a massive deal. One that we've probably never seen before in the NBA. 
but the Bucks are paying. I mean, bring, to bring it back to Chris Middleton, they are paying him a lot of money, and I I really do think wherever I do believe he's committed to Milwaukee. I think he he got drafted there. He has found a home in Milwaukee, but if he finds another opportunity, possibly for a team that's willing to pay him more, because Milwaukee Milwaukee is going to be able to pay him the most out of any team. That's just how the NBA contracts work. But if they're depending on how this team performs in the playoffs, I would not be surprised if he departed. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think if he doesn't win a championship this year, there's a there's a good chance he doesn't stay. I don't know. And and that team that team is is pretty well balanced. They do have a lot of weapons, but you know, getting getting knocked out last year was kind of the was kind of the start to hey, like is Giannis is Giannis really as as devoted to Milwaukee as we really think he is? I don't I don't and, think he is. I really don't. And these 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 rumors as of right now they are just rumors. No Giannis hasn't really came out and said anything about whether or not he whether or not he is staying or if he's interested in anywhere else. But like I said, these this year and next year are gonna be very interesting to see how he see how he reacts to to signing a long term deal in Milwaukee. No, I agree. I think this is like kind of make or break for them right now. Yeah, and and you know this 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 the playoffs are right around the corner. I, I think they start next Monday, a week from today. But this this year is going to be is I this this is going to be the most entertaining playoffs I think we've had in a while. And next year too, I I keep forgetting that that the Golden State Warriors are bringing back their entire their entire team next year ultimately forget about them having <laughs> having Steph and Clay injured this whole year really have had a lot of people forgetting how good they really are and they've been they've been another team that have been brought up in these Giannis rumors god help us that that doesn't actually happen but but you know who knows? Who knows what the NBA? The NBA is one hundred percent the most, the most drama filled league in sports, and things happen all the time that people never would have guessed. So, who knows? Who knows where Giannis is going to be signing? Who knows where? Who's going to win the NBA championship this year? Oh man, I I don't think I don't think my heart can handle it, and I don't think starting. Us, us starting classes again in a few weeks. I may, I very well, who knows, who knows how well I'm going to be doing in classes with all the playoffs happening. But that being said, the MLB, the MLB has, has not handled, I mean, we've already discussed this, has not handled the coronavirus as well as the NBA has. But, 
your raise, your raise. We were talking about this a little while ago. Eight and eight through sixteen games, you said. Yeah, eight and eight through sixteen games. Right now, we haven't the Rays haven't missed a game or had to reschedule a game because of COVID, which is great. Um, kind of on the right track right now. Our whole our whole uh, division is doing pretty well. Right now, we're two games back from the Yankees. The Stankies hate the Yankees, and we just won three out of four against them. Big big series win. Um, I I personally have not missed a Rays game, so I and I definitely don't plan on it throughout the rest of the season because honestly, we're almost done with the month of August. We only have September and half of October until the season's over, so it's kind of it's kind of getting down to the nitty gritty, which is crazy that it's this soon. But two games back from the Yankees now, since they expanded the playoffs to 16 teams, the first two teams from every single division automatically get the playoffs. And then there's a third wild card, one for the American League, one for the National League. So that just kind of adds a whole different dynamic. It's it's pretty easy, honestly, right now this year uh, to get into the playoffs, which is crazy because the MLB playoffs, to me, were some of the hardest playoffs to get into like just in general because they're so little teams it's one from every division and then one wild card from each league so it's kind of like most the most exclusive yeah it's honestly pretty exclusive to get into the mlb playoffs and it's such a long season that it's like oh we don't really even know halfway we're already at what 70 games and we're still not sure if we're gonna make the playoffs so this year is very interesting, very different, fun to watch. Um, if the Rays can hit well, we'll win because our pitching is is pretty solid for the most part. Um, we we have some of, in my opinion, some of the best pitchers in baseball and probably the best, um, the best dugout, like the best uh, bullpen in baseball. And I, I think as long as we can hit well, which is our biggest issue we'll win the games. So I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with just getting some series wins. We can lose a few here and there. We can even lose tonight to the Red Sox. We just need to win the series, win three out of four, two out of three, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, continue on that trend because if we, if we get swept again or you can write us off, there's no, there's no coming back from that. You can't get swept by the Orioles of all teams. Like, who who has been the most surprising teams when it when it comes to living up to or or even exceeding expectations and not living up to expectations being being disappointing so far well i mean the miami marlins although they have only played 7 games so far or 8 games i believe they're leading their division they're set they're 8 and 1 i think um and they're they're super surprising because everyone was assuming them to be probably the worst team in baseball. And because of the not even because of, but the whole COVID outbreak there, that kind of put a damper in their whole plans. And but they they're currently sorry, seven and three, which is still pretty impressive, leading their division in the NL East, a pretty competitive one with the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. And then the reigning Nash, the reigning World Series champions are in fifth place currently, four and seven, which is shocking. Um, 
trying to see who else. The Yankees are probably the best team in baseball right now, although their record doesn't necessarily show that just because I think they're in probably the most competitive division in baseball in the AL East with the Rays and the Orioles and the Red Sox. Um, and then you have the Oakland A's who are currently 12 and four in a division with the Rangers and the Astros. So th- this is a very, very, very interesting MLB season because then you also have the twins who are super shocking at 10 and six and they've, they've just about, won like five games in a row they're they're super impressive right now so i i don't know i'm I'm really excited just to see how everything plays out i think that you, you still have the cardinals who are who are still coming back testing positive they had i think like five games postponed consecutively and another series is postponed against the pirates and uh, so you're going to have a lot of doubleheaders, a lot of games coming up that uh, that mean something. And and then they they added a new doubleheader rule that uh, uh, the, the doubleheader is only seven innings. So it's very strange. I don't know. How do you how do you see that playing out during the shortened season? Do you have do you see that having any effect on? I, I see it. I see it honestly. So for the Rays, the Rays played the first doubleheader the other day. We lost the first game pretty handedly, like eight to four, and then we ended up coming back and winning the second game pretty handedly, like four to one. So in all honesty, I think that is a pretty decent benefit to to the team whoever lost the first game, because it's like you have that full nine innings and you won a game. Then you're going about 30 minutes later to play only seven innings. And most of the teams just pitch their bullpen. So they'll just pitch, like, probably switch pitchers every three innings, four innings, something, two, three innings, something like that. And it, I think it gives a an upper – whoever pretty much lost that first game essentially I think has the upper hand. Because then you have you can kind of get into more of a rhythm. That's the way I see it, at least. Well, that that also that also helps preserve this team, these teams' aces. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for which it's already it's already a shortened season, which you know is different for these starting pitchers who typically pitch every five days in a 160 game season, but now they're pitching. Not even once a week, maybe in a sixty-game season. So they're going to be at relatively full strength for the playoffs. No, and- I I agree, and I and that is one thing that um that that's very interesting about baseball is it's only sixty games. So yeah, so teams are honestly they could get especially since two the top two teams from each division are going to make it. You have teams who probably are, like you said, just kind of getting into the groove by the time the playoffs come, but their division sucks in their second place. So you're going to have a lot of teams, I think, who aren't typically in the playoffs in the playoffs. Like the Red Sox kind of suck this year. I don't think they're going to make it. Um, The Astros might not even make it. Uh, It's just it's very interesting. You have the Twins who are playing really well, the Oakland A's who are playing really well. 
the Braves are competitive, the Rays are competitive, Cleveland Indians, the Padres, the reigning World Series champions might not even make the playoffs. So if you if you have a pretty if you have a 10 game slump like you can normally have in the regular season during this 60 game season, you're kind of screwed. Like you cannot. That, that basically t- kicks you out of the playoffs. Yeah, takes you, you out of the playoff picture. You can't slump that well, that much. That's why I was so nervous about the Rays when they lost, got swept by the Orioles, four straight games lost. And it's like you can't do that in a 60-game season at all. And it, it makes me a little nervous, I'll be honest. So I guess we'll have who, to see in the Orioles who is, right who now. Is your, who is your – Way too early World Series champion prediction. Way too early World Series champion prediction. I mean, <laughs> you really want to put that on me? I'm gonna. Pr- I know. I, mean, I know you're gonna say the Rays, but yeah. I mean, but I'm listen, just... what else would I say? But no, like I, I really think, like I said, right now the the Yankees are definitely the best team in baseball. I, I just see them, like. They're sluggers. They can they, they the other day Aaron Judge hit a home run off the top of the trop. Like that doesn't happen. Like <laughs> they're mashing home runs. Like it, it's insane. But I don't know, man. Like I really I really like this Rays team. I really do. And uh <laughs> it, it's interesting. If we can get our bats rolling, we'll we'll be really good. But it's all kind of up to that. I, I think that we're on one game, we're off the other game. So, and you I, and you I, really I, you really can't be inconsistent in a shortened season like exactly. this. Whoever yeah. whoever is the most consistent team is going to For win sure. the World Series, no doubt oh, about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't necessarily know about that. Just because it's like once you get into the playoffs, you're in the playoffs. Anything can happen. And in the right. MLB, you have seven-game series. And even if you're the second-place team in your division, you don't have to play a play-in game with the wild card. You play just a regular seven-game series, like AL, ALDS. So it's it's going to be really, really, really interesting because the Rays almost beat the Houston Astros last year in the playoffs. Like, we were one game from beating the Houston Astros, and we were the wild card team. So I think if if we can do it again, I think we'd be good. I, I'd really like to not answer this question though. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all know you you want the Yankees to win the World Series. Oh yeah, that's your your division dream. rival. I no, I love the New York Yankees. No, and and you know, hopefully, hopefully, baseball is able to. And like you said, that the these teams are playing. I don't remember who it is. It might have been the Marlins who you mentioned earlier who have had a lot of positive tests. They had to play seven games in five days. And that is – that will play a role down the road. I mean, that is that is a lot of baseball in a week span. No, for sure. So that if, will I mean, play if, a role so on if you, if you look at this too, so you look at the re- the regular season schedule, right? The Rays only have – Six days off. That's it. The whole six days off, like the entire season. 
Yeah. So so they're playing back to back to back to back to back to back games. Like we go we go from Tampa to Boston today and we played a game yesterday at one PM and we're already in Boston and we have a game at seven thirty. And mm-hmm. it's like dang, like and then we go to Toronto and then we're off. Like I don't know, man. Yeah, and that's very, very I don't know. I really like this season. I really do. I don't think that the MLB will continue to adapt this 60 game season because that's just not baseball. But I I think it's a very fun season. I like watching the games a lot. I think that it's good baseball. Uh, it's, it's fun to watch. Everyone's kind of playing to most of them, their best abilities there. There's a lot of competitiveness. No one really knows who's going to win every night. So, yeah. And even even if they aren't necessarily at full strength, they're still playing competitive baseball, which which I haven't I'm gonna be honest, I haven't been watching too much baseball, but has it been just like the NBA where every game is very close or or are are there well, a lot of a lot of blowouts? The thing about baseball just in general is you, you don't have a lot very much likelihood of like super close games like the NBA because you can you can go ahead and play like you can play one game and have a really close game and then the next game is a blowout the NBA you have a lot of games you have very rare blowouts I feel like especially in the bubble recently we haven't had many games that are blowouts a lot of them are within yeah five, 10 a points. lot a lot of that does have to do with the fact that you know, it is it is one through one through eight seed. Well, one through the nine seed in the East, and one through twelve or thirteen, excuse me, in the West. So a lot of these teams aren't bums. I mean, I no, they're, they're they're really good. Yeah, they're That's all relatively close. The thing about the MLB too is like they also play like five six game or sorry four to six game series. So it's like. You could have one yeah. game that's really close, and then you could have another game that's like a complete blowout. I, yeah. I personally don't watch very many games that are blowouts. The Rays haven't been in many blowout games. They've been very like, like four to four to six, six to four, or like, uh, you know, like three to one, something like that. Nothing yeah. too, too crazy to be honest. So I don't know. I I, I do like this season a lot it's fun to watch yeah uh, and i'm excited to get to the playoffs we only really have about a month and a half left yeah so. and and you know this is this is going to be a first on this show but speaking of what was fun to watch this past weekend this is the pga championship yes the you know the first first time we've really ever talked about golf on this show but that was that was a very fun tournament. Colin Colin Morikawa ended up winning the end up winning the tournament at 13 under the 23-year-old winning his first his first major tournament. And yeah, that that was and he he ended up finishing first for, through the first two rounds he was 2 under. Through the last two rounds on Saturday and Sunday was 11 under finishing 13 under for the tournament and you know phil 
and I'm just gonna go through go through the uh, the standings. Phil Mixon was tied for second, a ten under. Bruce Ke- Brooks Kepka also tied for second. Jason Day tied for sixth, nine under. Tiger was one under for the tournament. Is tied for thirty seventh. Or excuse That's me, rough. excuse me. Um, yeah, he was he was one under, and he did he did play through Sunday, so he he didn't end up getting cut after two rounds, which. But, I mean, a lot of people had. Guys like Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, even Rory was thrown in the thrown in the mix for walking away with with this championship. But but the twenty three year old American, twenty three year old American, ended up walking away with it. Sure did. And That's pretty impressive. Twenty three years old. Although Tiger won his first major at like what eighteen, <laughs> right? And. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and 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 the the this championship was was in, yeah, I mean that he this was this was his first this was his first uh, first major championship, and he did and he did win or he did beat Tiger's record of of making twenty two consecutive made cuts. After this weekend, look, I mean, he and, pretty, and I mean, that's pretty impressive. I think we're gonna hear about this guy for a, a good period to come, you know. I, I think that I, I love golf personally. I, I went, I've been to actually the uh. Valspar tournament in Tampa and mm. saw Tiger, which was probably one of the coolest things I'd ever seen in my life. I think that that was so cool because like Tiger's just such a polarizing golfer, I feel like, um, in, in a way that like 99% of the people at that tournament were there to see Tiger Woods. And that's just kind of a fact. Like there was, there was no other reason to be there. <laughs> And even even Rory McIlroy, who's probably one of the most popular golfers in the world, was there. And there were probably 20 people in his, like, party watching him. Tiger, there were hundreds just following him, following yeah. every move. And it's like, I love watching Tiger Woods golf. That, that's, like, the only, personally, that's the only reason I really like watching golf is for Tiger. Um, and, and I just think that he does it different and I really like to see him play well. Um, so it was kind of disappointing how he played this last tournament, but you know, I I think he, he's getting older. Supposedly his back is still hurting. There's a lot of factors that go into tiger and like his health. Yeah. And, and, you know, father, father time is undefeated. Yeah. But I mean, not with everyone. Yeah. Uh, but look, and and there is a there is another tournament coming up, and he hasn't played in back to back tournaments in a while. He's he's forty eighth in the FedEx Cup standings right now. And and 
that is that is going to play a big role in in whether or not he's going to be able to continue continue his career, you know, and and he has he the past ten years has been rough for Tiger Woods to say the least. Very rough. Outside of outside of winning winning the Masters last year, but but he he really can't afford to skip another tournament for for the sake of his where he's going to finish in in the FedEx Cup standings and and bringing it back to bringing it back to Colin, Mr. Morikawa, who who did win and win the PGA Championship this past weekend. He was he did join Roy McIlroy, Tiger Woods, and Jack Nicklaus as the only the only golfers under twenty four to win to win a major tournament. That's super impressive. It's, and is he is he going to be the next Rory McIlroy, the next the next you know young phenom in golf? That that that's that will be very very fun to watch. Like I said, I I like watching golf. I like playing golf. I don't know how much you get out and play, but it's a, it's probably the most frustrating sport that has ever been created on this earth. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> it kind of sucks, but um, it, it is a lot of fun if you if you can like focus <laughs> and, and play well. But I don't know. I I think that if he can continue playing like this, yeah, he's he's kind of building quite a legacy for himself. Yeah, and and golf does tend to be golf does tend to be a sport one of the few sports that. Young success typically tends to follow you. There, you there aren't the injury concerns as much. There are obviously injuries in golf, but not as much as in basketball, football, where you know one injury could make or break you. One major injury could make or break you. Rory, Rory McIlroy has he obviously had a lot of young success going on a going on a you know die, like. <laughs> a sweep of all these major tournaments and he, he oh, has, sure. he has lived up to it. So yeah, it's going to, and, and time will tell, obviously it's too early to tell where this, where this kid's going to go. But I, I have no doubt that he's going to be up there in the upper echelon of these top tier golfers. No, I agree. I think give him some time and he can, I think he'll be able to prove himself for sure. Right. All right. Going from that to, we did, we did have quite a, quite a bit of music dropped this past week. Rod Wave dropped the deluxe version to his Pray for Love album, which, which released earlier this year. Well, it was 11 songs. So a nice, a nice extension to an already great album in my opinion yeah my top my top three out of there which you know definitely listen to the 11 tracks they were all great in their own way but my top three were definitely freestyle which released a week or two before the actual extension dropped and also letter from houston was great and the remix to rags the riches which has obviously 
become very popular. Obviously, being a being a very popular sound on TikTok. Oh yeah, (laughs) but he he had a remix to that with with Lil Baby, so that was that was obviously great. Rod Wave has obviously really asserted himself at the top of the rap game this past year. He just, you know, we all can tell how how really different he is from all these other artists. He, it's kind of like a gospel and melodic kind of sound that he has. Very different from from all these other guys, like Lil Baby, you know, Roddy Rich, Polo G, you know, these these very, very lyrical artists, which not saying that Rod Wave isn't lyrical at all because he, he most definitely is, but it he just does it in a very different way. So very cool. Also very cool that he is from St. Petersburg. So that is super shout, cool. Shout out shout out to Florida. So the seven two seven. So most definitely check that that deluxe version out. Probably one of the the best deluxe versions of an album that I've heard in the past this past year, honestly. But a great week for deluxe albums as DaBaby also released his great deluxe album. to blame it on baby. What was your what was your favorite track out of out of this deluxe? Loved blind. I like j- have been jamming that song recently. Um, it, it shows like a, a different depth, in my opinion, to DaBaby because you know most his songs he kind of sounds the same to be honest so i think this was a very it was kind of refreshing to like hear something a little bit different from him and he still had that like the baby like it kind of bops like the baby songs do but he he kind of s- sings a little bit which is different for him so so i liked kind of seeing that that depth to uh to the baby and i'm excited to see like what he has coming out because I have a feeling he might like start coming coming out with some type of new sound rather than that typical because I think that's the one thing that people have bad to say about the baby is that his everything he does essentially sounds the exact same which so which like, I I will I will I won't lie I will say that I am part of that group that does that does think that about him that he does that he does and, and sound it does. the same. It, it and, definitely does. But I think that that song, and I don't know if you can agree with me, but Blind definitely showed a different, a little bit of a different sound from the baby, and I like to see that. I don't know. And, no, and I I agree. That was definitely one of my top three favorite out of out of the deluxe, along with along with TLC and which was featuring Gunna, and also oh my gosh, I can't like don't have it pulled up right now but no and that that is what i will i will give him credit for that that none of the songs really sounded all all the same in that in that deluxe and even the album in general also tlc was great and i've really started to like gunna recently i hadn't listened to much gunna like honestly until his new album which he also came out with the deluxe version of his album which i really like as well um street sweeper you have like obviously you have uh the other hits on that album but 
I I I like that song a lot. Uh, TLC. Yeah, and and also you know, today we we all we all know what to expect out of him. He he's not he's not going to be lyrical when it comes to a lot of his songs, which he can be, and and I have seen him do that, but. He is he is a hit maker. That's that's what he is. He almost all of his songs are going to make the Billboard Hot 100. No, for and, sure. And and most his album is already there. Right. And and, he's, he's and we been know rock, what to, Yeah, and we know we know what to expect out of him. Yeah. And, but like I said, I think we're going to start to hear a little bit of a different sound from him. I, I kind of compared it with one of my friends we were talking and it, it's kind of comparable uh, blind just the kind of vibe and sound it has to like a post Malone ish, but like still has that the baby like pop in it. You know what I mean? Like he still like keeps the flow, but it's like kind of a little more chill. He sings a little bit more. Like I just, I definitely liked that. Like, I think it was very different for him, but it was something that I, I hope to hear some more. Yeah, and 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 he he's obviously taking a lot of what people say into consideration. And you can tell that in his music, you know, the the growth from each album is is very noticeable and and he is he is which is what he's gonna have to do. He's already able to make hits. As long as he grows as an artist, I don't I don't see why he can't why people can't stop start putting him in the you know top of the music game i personally love the baby i think he is right um, and and you know it's it's going to be it's oh and the other the other song that i that i meant to bring up was go and that song that song is great and it's it's his it's his signature signature flow and which which he is, you know. We all we all know how how good that how good that flow can be on as we've as we've seen as he has become one of the most prominent names in music in the past few years. Another song that I wanted to point out from this past week was "Smile" with Juice World and The Weekend, which that's I, great. Song. I was really looking forward to that song all week since it since it was said to be dropping on Friday and it was fantastic. This that song was very obviously obviously very, very sad what happened with Juice this past year and this is just another reason for that as very upset that we weren't able to hear more from Juice and the weekend because that that duo would have just been fantastic here i would have loved to hear a collab a project with the two of them that just would have that album would have been a classic no doubt about it this song just proves that but no is there i have nothing else to add is there anything else you want to say before we close out no not really i uh i'm excited that we actually have some sport live sports to talk about and I can't wait for the NBA playoffs to start. I'm kind of getting sick of these play-in games. Like I, I, I just want some real live stakes on the line type of sports, and we're gonna get that very soon. So yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be very, very fun to see 
how these top seed games, I mean, we talked about it earlier, how, how LeBron and AD are going to react to actually, you know, like you said, actually have games that there are stakes on the line for. Same with Milwaukee. Same with the other LA team, the Clippers. For sure. And, yeah, and, and it has, like you said, it has been great. Haven't been really, you know, doing much outside of watching basketball these last few weeks. But, you know, like like you said, it's been great to have it back. Not gonna, not sure how how I'm gonna get a lot done when we actually have school to do. But, but you know, gonna have to, gonna have to be taking, you know, be doing studying and doing homework while having NBA playoffs on in the background. Oh yeah, like forget studying and homework. Straight up <laughs> NBA playoffs. Like I'm, I'm sick of it all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure our go. professors would would wouldn't completely understand yeah yeah i'll I'll write an email (laughs) (laughs) all right sorry busy nba playoffs they yeah we both we both take we both take sports management classes they'll they'll understand completely understand i think our (laughs) homework will be to watch the nba playoffs (laughs) no and yeah yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great we I'm so I'm so excited to actually have the playoffs. That, you know, this time, usually by this time, it's gonna it's NBA off season, which which is which is always undefeated. No other league really compares to the off season of the NBA, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a very fun next few months. But that being said, for Bryce Wyatt, I'm Riley Shepard for the Who's Got Next podcast, and we will see you all next week.